the night, the most trusted source for top-to-bottom coverage of everyone's favorite mid-90s animated program, Gargoyles. I'm your host, Liz Urkel. I am your host, Daniel Williams, (laughs) and we are back once again. Can you believe it? Yes. Oh, and we're still working on Awakening. Yep. You know what I learned recently, doing various research online, that they released this all in one long movie. They released it in one piece. Oh, really? I don't know if it was separately, you know, like on DVD or something, or if it was like a primetime thing, and then they re-aired them day after day, or like, I I haven't, listen, I did some research, not enough, but... I did come upon that. I keep meaning to look like once the five parts happened, if it was still an everyday cartoon or if it went to one a week. Liz, we'll never know. I know. Until we'll we, never find out. Until we get to episode six and we see the release date. Oh, well, I guess that's a fair point. <laughs> I, I keep meaning to look it up and then, you know, I don't. It would be easy enough. <laughs> We're just not good at our jobs. <laughs> I'm sure it's right on the Wikipedia page. Nah, this secret information that they keep hidden. Liz, today, as I said, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 4 of Gargoyles, Awakening, Part 4. It aired October 27th, 1994. This must have been Thursday, if I had to to (laughs) just make a wild guess. This episode, as I believe all of the other episodes, have been written by Eric Luke and Michael Reeves. And this is directed by, I'm going to get it one day, Saburo Hashimoto and Katsuo Terada. I really feel like... I'm not doing any better as we go on with these names. (laughs) They directed the previous episode and also episode one. Cool. This episode starts off right where we left part three in Central Park. Yep. This kicks off a really cool fight scene that kind of lasts the entire episode on and off. Right. Between Detective Dreamboat and the Helmet Brigade. They are holding down Goliath, and he's been tranked, mm-hmm. and they basically are like, after we kill this motherfucker, we're going to go and kill all your pals, too. And that's brutal. Like, they're not fucking around. And that's really all he needs to like be like, and nope, I'm going to fight through this. Yeah. And- <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be a murder situation. It felt hostage with the tranks. Yeah. I thought they were going to take him somewhere to like experiment on him or something. Right, yeah. But, you know, we'll figure out what's going on. By the end of next week's episode, yeah, I assumed it was going to be snatch him up, you know, have an oversight, like a cartoon, cartoonish, a cartoonish, <laughs> you know, bag over his head kind of thing and take him to maybe that flying airship that Rudy Giuliani is just letting hover over the city. I got to say, though, Detective Dreamboat, like she was kicking ass and Holy taking crap. numbers. Yeah. Like, I'm like, all right, I know you're a detective, but is this normal detective training? Like, what is your background here? Oh, she is certified in Krav Maga, and she lays some motherfuckers out. And before she can take them all out, Goliath swoops her up in his arms, and they make a break for it. Yep. And you know what, man? While all the dudes are lying on the ground, rolling around, having had their asses kicked, the only lady in the helmet squad takes off after him, man. The women in this show Kick are, ass. Yeah, taking care of business. Love it. She wants to kill someone. <laughs> and she, she doesn't care which one of them it is. Now, I really don't understand this gliding, because he's like running with her in his arms, yeah. and then like jumps off a small rock, and then swoops up into the air, and goes like up. And I'm like, wait, how? Yeah, how I'm, windy of a day was this for that to work? Right, so low to the ground. I don't know. And there's other stuff later in the episode where I really question the whole gliding V flying situation. Me too. Me too. I have more notes about it later. Instead of sticking with this really awesome action packed scene, we cut to the Brogoyles who, yeah. <laughs> uh, what are they, what are they doing? They're just, they're still just exploring. There's a fat joke about food. He's just eating. The little guy crash lands. Is that a thing that he does normally? Why does this happen? They've been flying around so much in such a big city that his wings are really tired. You're right. And he doesn't have regular wings. He's like a flying squirrel kind of situation. His arms have to be out the whole time. That's got to suck. Yeah, because he's so little compared to the other two. Now, obviously, I do not remember because I am terrible. But do we ever see any other gargoyles with that wing shape, that anatomy. I don't think so. He's very different than the others. Yeah. He's significantly smaller than everyone else. And he doesn't have back wings. I don't know. I think that's why he was always my favorite when he's, I was little. He's your nerdy crush? Yeah. I, was, I didn't even have a crush on him. I just wanted to be his friend. Like, I thought he and I would be BFFs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, I don't like the him. mind I, of a seven year old, you know. I, I don't or know if I liked was. him. I don't, I mean. Now, though, like, I think who I like most will be different than Little Liz. So far, who's your favorite now? Well, I, I mean, know. obviously Goliath, but Is... I think the red one will be my favorite really? right now. He's being, right now, he's kind of annoying me, I think, but I think he's trying to figure it out a little bit like yeah. he was the one then the last episode was all no 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 we can't be seen goliath says and then this one he's like humans okay and just tries to hail a taxi right yeah so that's what happens they get tired here so they just go down to the ground and try to hail a cab what <laughs> did he really think he was gonna have any luck no <sighs> my problem is the big guy i don't think they've given him much of a personality other than he's the big one who likes food yeah fat gargoyle is fat and he likes to eat and he's fat ha 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 and i'm hoping they develop him more as this goes on me too but who's your favorite bullshit. so far i mean it's obviously Hudson. I relate to him so hard. You know what, Hudson? I do appreciate Hudson as an adult way more than I ever did as a little person. I'm so old at heart. Hudson is like, yeah, no, I get it, man. You just want to sit the fuck down in front of the team. <laughs> you don't want to fly around and have adventures. You do what you have to do because you have to do it. But uh, Just to chill with your dog. Yeah, I just need to chill. I'm the energy for this young gargoyle shenanigans. <laughs> Anyway. So needless to say, our brogoyles do not get a ride. No. You know, you mentioned hoping that they get developed more. I hope that as a group, these three get developed and they're not just there for the comedic relief, you know? And I think they do. If I remember correctly, which, you know, been a long time. I do not, for sure. <laughs> um, especially once they get their names, which happens later in this episode. Yeah. I think as it goes on, they'll be developed past Goliath's posse. We can only hope. Yeah. I feel like the little guy is going to be the Donatello of the group. You know, last episode, he was mm. really interested in the motorcycle and machines and how everything works. Yeah. He's going to end up doing machines like Donatello. Liz, we need to go back to Central Park where poor Goliath, he's falling asleep. He doesn't know why. <laughs> poor little baby. Oh, he's so tired. <gasps> and Dreamboat was just like, oh. Oh, no. Yeah, you were tranked here. I don't know what's in this, but that's probably not good. And think then of, she found. Think of what, how powerful that trank has to be because he is huge. Like he's we huge. said, he's probably like nine feet tall. Probably the same amount they'd use for like on an elephant. Yeah. Right? At least. At least a horse. And we know how I feel about horses. I would say more of an elephant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about horses. <laughs> Apparently, Dreamboat also finds a tracking device yes. on his back that he totally didn't notice it was embedded in his flesh. Yeah. I wonder how much he, like, feels. <laughs> wow. You think his skin is made of stone? His heart no. is made of stone? We know he feels inside. He's a very feely boy. Oh, yeah, he is. He has lots of emotions. He's very emotional. <laughs> Oh, God. So she puts the tracker on a doggy and it's just like, <laughs> get out of here, dog. Get on. Get. Yeah. And, you know, it works. What she doesn't realize is the dog is a part of the helmet brigade, <gasps> but he's still a doggo. So he just runs off. Wait, the dog is part of the brigade? No. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what just, did I miss? What a coincidence that that dog shows up right when they're on the, you know, on their on the move. They're trying to hide. Yeah. And that dog shows up and he's like, oh, no, I'm just a dog. I'm. Not tracking you. Uh, so, our cutest couple ever, they continue hustling on home. And we go back to Castle Wyvern. Liz, I've been editing the first episode. I'm just about finished at this point. And I noticed that I repeatedly say Wyvern. And last week I was saying Wyvern. And I'm so confused that I just give up. Yeah, I think we just pick one. Which one should we go with? I was feeling very confident about Wyvern originally, but something happened last week and I was feeling very confident about Wyvern. I think it might be Wyvern. Why makes more sense to me, but if it's coming from like a Gaelic Celtic kind of language, it I don't know. It could be Vivern. Yeah, we need we need uh, Ian McGowan to tell us how to pronounce Boy. this. I say we stick with Wyvern. Yes, let's do it. I'm going to try to remember that for next week. <laughs> so there's more goofing because we're just going back like super serious Manhunter to goof em ups. Yeah. Oh, I get really excited about this part because okay. so Hudson yeah. is hanging in the TV room with the doggy yeah. and he's just flipping through the channels and he's just happy as happy can be. Did you notice there was a little Disney Easter egg right there? I did not. When he's flipping through the channels, they showed the Lion King. Oh, did, like an actual scene from the Lion King? Yeah, it was the scene where um, the monkey <laughs> is holding up baby Simba. It's Rafiki. Rafiki, thank you. Why uh, did that come to me? 
so Rafiki is holding up baby Simba oh, really? at the beginning no, of the I... movie when it's just like <laughs> presenting him to the whole right before he drops that yeah. lion off of that rock. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> anyway, so back to our Disney show. Hudson looks up to see that the sun is on its way up. It's it's. He looks out the window. He's like, "Oh shit! I gotta yeah. go outside and pose." <laughs> <laughs> he meets the Brogoyles, and they just love their new home. I want to play you a little bit because they are so excited. They're like children. They're so excited. Yeah. Okay. It's about time you lots came home. This city is a fascinating place. There are underground tubes with giant lights so bright they turn night into day. Huge All kinds of food. Have you seen Goliath? And then there's another fat Goyle gag, and I'm already exhausted by these. <laughs> We're four episodes in. I'm like, just, I'm done. No, yeah, it's like, all right, we get it. He's the fat one. Yeah, right. But, you know, I'm sure in the 90s, people weren't really aware about, like, body positivity and fat phobia. Well, sure. <laughs> but come on, guys. Like, be, like, be better. In lieu of a personality, you know? Yeah. Hudson's worried about Goliath, which makes sense. And we immediately cut back to Central Park where they have not made a lot of progress. Goliath's like, we are not going to make it before the sun rises, so... That's a really long night of exploring. Just thinking of all the things that they've done during this one nighttime. Yeah, you're right. They did a ton of shit. I mean, they had a romantic date, mm-hmm. and then got attacked, mm-hmm. went on the run. Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you, Liz. You remember, I think it was just the last episode, where Goliath told Dreamboat all about the gargoyle history, and being cursed, the castle being lifted above the clouds and all that. Mm -hmm. Never once did he mention that, oh, BT dubs, every day we turn to stone. Right. She seems so shocked. Yeah, she's like, what the fuck is going on here? Yet he still poses all sexy. That's so weird, by the way. I... (laughs) Maybe because real gargoyles are always posed and they need to, like, we're not a a real being that's going to turn into a fleshy body in nighttime. Like, maybe people... They want to look like a statue, so they pose the way that a statue to, would be To try and be chiseled. inconspicuous? Yeah. I guess so. It's just, it's a sense of a, like self-awareness that I feel like isn't necessary. <laughs> it's so silly. I love it. Okay, so this happens. He turns to stone. And then I found myself asking, because we're officially at sunrise, how is she not passing out right next to him? Right? She must be exhausted. She's been running for hours. They spent all night together. You figure she probably worked during the right. the day. Oh no, it was her day off actually, wasn't it? But it says next day her day off also, like right? Because she just sits with the statue, which is very sweet of her. I gotta say, she doesn't know him this well. So he's stone. And this is when they show up again. Okay, yeah. How did they find them? Like, if they don't have the tracker anymore, like, how did they know? Like, oh, that's where they are. They don't. They're just wandering around. They just happened upon them. They just show up, and she darts off. Yeah, and she. She, in order to keep Goliath safe, she just mm. takes off and then they, they chase her. So they're just patrolling this very large park. And as far as we know, there's only five or six of them left. Even fewer now, actually. Right. I found myself asking, how has Dreamboat not called for backup? <laughs> she is a police officer in the NYPD. She doesn't even have her radio. She doesn't have anything. And now I know it's her day off. But you feel like, given the circumstance, I'm going to go flying around the city with a mythical beast Maybe I should have a form of communication with me just in case. Well, she wasn't thinking with her detective brain. No. She was thinking with her lady bits. Her lady brain. <laughs> her lady bits. I think that's in the the general crotchal region is yeah. what they call it. That's what doctors call it. It's, you know what? Whatever. Anyway. This is the part that doesn't make sense to me. So they're running, right? And they they find this little cafe. Mm-hmm. These tables are dinky. And yet she's like, I'm going to hide and they'll never see me underneath this table. And yeah, that was weird. And it works. Also, those tables would be chained up under like an awning somewhere yeah. because it's, it's sunrise. Right. Tables aren't ready to be seated. What? <laughs> Yeah, the umbrellas are up. And yeah, what is going on here? Fucking this day. cartoon is unrealistic. <laughs> uh, so her hiding works, and, and yeah. they're chasing her, and she manages to grab one of them and surprise him, yeah. and then like takes his gun and runs off. And so they're all chasing her. Yeah, and they are unloading like these insane automatic weapons, and. Lady Helmet Squad is the only one that's been stuck with a fucking trank dart. She's just shooting darts at Dreamboat. Like, she can repel from a goddamn helicopter and fight a dragon man, but these shit dicks 
don't trust her with a real gun. Yeah, that's weird. That shit is sexist. Sexism in the helmet squad. Yeah, so Dreamboat's hiding in a boathouse. Yeah, she hoofs it onto a boathouse, and they just fucking start unload. Like, this episode is nuts with the gunplay. Where the hell is Central Park Patrol? Where are, yeah, nobody's calling the police. I mean, it's the mid-90s, but again, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, has supposedly cleaned up crime. So people should be feeling safe in the park. There's a random runner that we see later. Nobody's calling the police with all this gunfire going on. And doesn't normally Central Park have the the horse brigade? Liz, if you keep bringing up horses, this is going to <laughs> ruin our relationship. Oh, no. Oh, no. I wouldn't trust a horse. <laughs> Fuck the horse brigade. Or the horse brigade. <laughs> Anyway, so they're firing up the boathouse where Dreamboat is in the boathouse. Yeah. And we see that all this gasoline is leaking. Yeah. Bullets Uh-oh. are flying by her. She just ducks her head down. She's like, this is the best way to keep safe. Oh, my God. That was my other question. When she's darting to the boathouse, all these dudes with their automatic weapons are shooting all over and yeah. missing her. And yet she turns and shoots over her shoulder and get someone square away. <laughs> they're worse than stormtroopers, man. They're just... <laughs> They're trying to light her up. 70,000 rounds of ammunition. They don't hit her once. Oh, they keep missing her. And then the boathouse explodes. Liz, why is there so much gasoline in this boathouse? Is this a boathouse or a gas station? What the fuck is this? I'm assuming it's like There's like, like a, 75 cans of gas in this thing. Like, I'm assuming it's like the Forest Park boathouse where you can, like, rent boats to, like, paddle around or whatever. those are paddle boats. Yeah, I just... Not as I said paddle. that... <laughs> You know how when you need gasoline for your paddle boat. Maybe they're little um, engine-powered swan boats. Aren't swan boats paddle boats? I have no idea. Liz, none of this makes any sense. (laughs) Also, here's something that doesn't make sense. Maybe it's for all the robots who paddle the paddle boats. Mm, You're right. (laughs) You're right. Why does the boathouse explode, Liz? Uh, Why does it explode? I'm assuming one of the bullets causes a spark and there's so much gasoline. It's flammable, sure. Everything would just catch fire, but it's not under pressure. Oh, I see what you mean. You know? Yeah. Should just be a really big fire, not an explosion. Yeah, there was a huge explosion before there was fire even, you know? <gasps> this, this cartoon continues <laughs> to be unrealistic. So then she is like an Olympian swimmer. And she's in the water, and they're like, surely she's dead, right? And the lady's like, we did it, yeah, fuck yeah, boys, let's get out of here. And the lady's like, "Uh, perhaps we should make sure. (laughs) And she's just like swimming and swimming and swimming underneath. I'm like, how do you, what is your lung capacity, girlfriend? Liz, she doesn't even swim very far. She keeps fighting the helmet brigade. Yeah. Balls on Dreamboat. That's astounding. Well, I didn't understand her decision here, because she could have just stayed hidden yeah. underneath the pier and they would think she was dead. And instead she's like, ha ha! And like, yeah. has to attack and then sprints off. This is nuts. And like, the, and she like, is brave. She's brave as fuck. Brave as fuck and maybe makes bad decisions. I mean, she did go flying with a dragon man. True. The yeah. first time we see her, she decides to park it underneath falling rubble. So, yeah. She is fearless, but also maybe a little careless. Which I think those things kind of go hand in hand most yeah. time. Oh, my God. It's just running, running, running. And suddenly, a giant waterfall in the middle of Central Park. Now, I have never gone walking through Central Park. Me neither. So I don't know how many waterfalls there are. But this thing was also really big. It wasn't like a water fixture kind of thing. Right. We're like in Jumanji all of a sudden. <laughs> Transported to the jungle. That shit's dangerous. Dreamboat sets up a trap for the couple of helmet squad that are still following, and it works perfectly. She hangs her windbreaker in a tree, and dipshit leader helmet squad, he thinks he's going to get the drop on her, and he attacks the jacket, and she fucking jumps out and gets the drop on him, does like a cool shoulder flip, and just beats this guy's ass. Yeah. It's great. It is great. He loses his grip on his gun. She tosses him around, and then... He passes out. I think he just gives up, really. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. this is taking way too long and it's not worth it. I'm just going to pretend to be knocked out because he's got a helmet on. There's no way that she caused like a head injury. Yeah. He's probably got neck protection. It seems like they're doing it right. <laughs> so, of course, she has to go back to her sleeping giant gargoyle. <laughs> she took out. I'm sorry to go back to how badass Dreamboat is, but she took out 
almost every one of these guys by herself. Yeah. Goliath had one or two at the beginning. If Goliath isn't like head over heels fucking in love with her, then he's got issues. Well, comes up later. Drama. So as you mentioned, she goes back to her, her big stone BF. And this is where <laughs> I was waiting for a dumb thing to happen yeah. in this action-packed sequence. And here's the dumb thing. We meet... <laughs> Random runner guy. It's so dumb, I'm going to play it because it just killed all the momentum that the previous scenes had. I've run this path for five years. I've never noticed that statue before. Yeah, this park's just full of surprises. <laughs> I've never seen that statue before. Cue laugh track. That seems incredibly unrealistic for New York. This guy would not only stop his running, but be like, Oh, hey there. Where'd that come from? Uh, bye. Everything that I know about New York is true. Then he would have stopped and then said something about her tits and then ran off. <laughs> he would have stopped and then just pissed on the statue and yeah, kept going. Yeah, that's true. Liz, it's about time we take a break. Sounds good. When we come back, that sleeping giant, he's going to wake up. Mm. <laughs> Diane, remind me to get cherry pie filling. Dude, what are you... Oh, come on, man. I told you, I don't even like David Lynch. Yeah, but you've never seen Twin Peaks. You might really like it. You never know. There is absolutely no way I'll get into that show. And I'll prove it. Okay, uh, I'm intrigued. How? I'm going to watch every single episode and co-host a podcast where we discuss all the ways in which I can't stay in the show. Yeah, that seems counterintuitive. Uh, I hope it's funny at least. You bet your cherry pie will be. <laughs> Funnier than that, I hope. Shut up! Subscribe to the Black Lodge Complaint Department on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And check us out at CalamityCast.com. Liz, I think that you brought this up last week, but when Goliath wakes up, he says something about the sleep reinvigorates him. Yes, I got so excited. I made a note, too. I'm like, hey, he answered my question. Yeah, (laughs) so he's fine. Yeah. And he, he doesn't even know all of the action he missed. No. And he was like, oh, my God, you stayed here and waited for me? Oh, dang. And she's like, well, yeah, big boy. Of course I did. So he woke up. So we know that this is nighttime. Liz, I am so worried Yeah. about the physical and mental well-being of Detective Dreamboat. Sleep is so important. Not sleeping long enough can literally kill you. And has she had any water? Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Like she sprinted around all day long and, and night. And has she had any water? I'd be so parched. And she wants to meet up with Goliath later tonight. Girl, go to bed. Take a fucking nap. Eat a sandwich. Yeah, use a potty because surely she hasn't gone. Oh, boy. No, she's just been pissing behind Goliath. That's what I was about to say. He's big enough. She yeah. Cover. It's been 36 hours at least since she slept. I'm okay. Anyway, poor dreamboat. Goliath seems like he finally trusts her because of what you said. You know, she stayed with him all day and night, which isn't exactly true. (laughs) She protected him all day. Yeah. But for now, I got to get back to my boys. And he's like, peace. (laughs) And I mean, if I was dreamboat, I'd be like, you can't even take me home first. Guess I'll walk. I'm not exhausted or anything. My brain has been melting the past 15 hours. Bye. Yeah. She's a, you know what? She's still after a something. Yeah. She is persistent. She wants to have sex with a gargoyle. That's the point I'm making. Moving on to Castle Wyvern, where it looks like everyone else is waking up feeling very well rested, not knowing that someone risked her life to protect their leader. They're all outside. They're on their perches, right? And mm-hmm. I gotta ask, Liz, why don't they just sleep inside? Yeah, because you'd assume that they didn't in Scotland because A, they weren't liked. Yeah. B, I guess even when they're stone, they still make the castle look scary. So maybe that gives protection. Liz, no one can see that castle from the street. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> Don't they realize that yet? <laughs> Yeah, you'd think uh, if Hudson had his choice of his lazy boy, he would pick this fucking lazy boy. Wouldn't that be fucking hilarious if, you know, in the middle of the day, Deluxe walked into his TV lounge and there's just a big ass gargoyle laying in the middle of his lazy boy? <laughs> he's like, well, I guess I guess I'm not using that chair today. Yeah. The doggo's in one, Hudson's in the other. <laughs> and he's like, well, f- where am I going to watch Good Morning America? 
Surely that is the only TV in this 150 billion story building. That's his favorite TV, though. <laughs> so Goliath swoops back in, and we can only assume it's his little glide of shame. Yeah. He's telling his boys where he's been all night. <laughs> <laughs> he was with a lady occupied. And they're like, you know what? We ate pizza, so I guess everyone had a good time. <laughs> I assume they had pizza. I mean, surely. It's New York, right? Right. They like food. Especially fat oil. <laughs> we do a quick cut to Deluxe's office where he is watching this conversation on a monitor. But the way that the shot is positioned in Deluxe's monitor, it's like a oneer of Goliath. So I'm wondering the whole time where the fuck the camera is outside. Oh. That Goliath is basically talking into it. Like, what is this? Yeah, because, I mean, if he's facing the other gargoyles yeah. and you're not seeing the back of their heads. No, it's like one of the gargoyles is wearing GoPro. a GoPro on his head. <laughs> like, that's the kind of shot that it is. Hudson's missing eye. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We go back outside where everyone finally gets names, Liz. Yes, I'm so excited. We got to listen to this clip where everyone gets their goddamn names. We should choose names, too. Names that suit our new lives here. Oh, and what might they be? Mm. Brooklyn. I'm Brooklyn. Broadway. Lexington. Do you like it? They're all fine names. I guess he'll need one as well now. Oh, I've got one for him, too. From now on, you're Bronx. And Liz, mm -hmm. because everyone finally has a goddamn name, yes. I finally will talk about the voice actors. Yay! Finally. And will you explain uh, which gargoyle's which? Of course. Awesome. So first off, we heard the red gargoyle. His name is Brooklyn, all right? He is voiced by Jeff Bennett, who I mentioned in, I think, the first episode because he also voiced the Megas. Oh! Yeah. Jeff Bennett's acting credits include some, some heavy hitters here. The singing voice of Zazu in The what? Lion King. You mentioned The Lion King earlier. Yeah. He's the singing voice of the centipede in James and the Giant Peach. Okay. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, it's been forever. I really liked that when I was a kid. I don't know why. <laughs> Picturing in my mind now. He voiced Petrie in all 10 of the Land Before Time movies. Oh my God. And then I kept scrolling and I was wrong because there are 14 Land Before Time movies, Liz. <laughs> I think I've only seen the first one. Holy shit. They were made as recently as like the last decade. Really? Yeah. And was he still voicing them? Yeah. He's oh done that voice in every single one. It's crazy. And he voiced Alfred in Batman Year One, which was an animated film that I saw and enjoyed uh, as I've seen most of the Batman. Of course. Shut up. Those are just some of the voice roles in movies he had. Mm -hmm. He also did a lot of television from my youth. I'm going to list them off. Let me know if you've seen any. Obviously, Batman the Animated yes, Series. Yes, I loved that one. Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh, my God. Marsupilami. What is that? Right? That's a deep pull for me. It was a spotted animal with a very long tail. <gasps> I remember that. Yeah? I think so. Was that PBS or something? No, I think that was like C WB, or WB yeah. back in the day. I mean, I'm assuming he's a marsupial, right? Like, well, yeah, but he wasn't like a real animal, right? He was a marsupilami. Do you ever see Bonkers? Yeah, is that the? Did he have orange hair? It was like a cartoon version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where cartoon characters and humans lived in the same world, and Bonkers was a police detective. Yeah, and his, his partner was a big fat guy. Yes, I do remember that. He was Bonkers. He was in Bonkers. Oh, okay. He voiced in Biker Mice from Mars. Did you ever see that? Biker. They were biker mice. No, I've not seen. They that. were from Mars. How about Animaniacs? Fuck yeah. The Tick? Mm, I don't think so. What? That was Fox Kids. Oh, I didn't have cable. No, no, no. That was like Fox 2, like our local Fox affiliate, Saturday oh. morning cartoons. Oh. Mm. I think I was too busy watching WB most of the time. No. How about Earthworm Jim? Do you ever see that? I think so. Freakazoid? Yes. Fuck yeah, Freakazoid. And so many more. He is prolific. Point B. Damn, Yeah, dude. this guy. Okay, so m moving on. Next is Broadway, formerly Fat Goyle. Yes. He's the green guy. He is voiced by Bill Fagerbach, best known for his role as assistant coach Dauber in the hit comedy Coach. Do you remember that show? Yeah, I yeah. watched that show. That was his most famous role. Except for Patrick Starr. He's Patrick? Yeah, you didn't realize? You didn't? You couldn't hear, man? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's pretty good at that like big dopey character. Big dumb guy, yeah. Yeah, he is Patrick Starr from SpongeBob SquarePants. That is the second SpongeBob SquarePants role 
that we've heard in four episodes of Gargoyles. Bill Fagerbach is also notable for uh, a role in Oz that I never watched. I was mm-hmm. a little young for Oz. Yeah, I never he was also that. Marvin Erickson Sr. in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, my God. You a fan of How I Met Your Mother? Yes. I was not. Really? <laughs> yeah. The tiny gargoyle. Yes. L- little guy. His name is Lexington. Yes, that's so cute. And he's voiced by Tom Adcox Hernandez, whose other famous roles include Under Siege 2. Where he played the beloved character Technician 2. I have no idea what that is. Under Siege 2 is the sequel to Under Siege, which was a famous movie. Well, okay, I use that word loosely <laughs> from Steven Seagal. Okay. He also voiced Clarion the Witch Boy in the amazing Young Justice animated show. Did you ever see that? I don't think I did. That's a really good show. My point is Tom Adcox Hernandez. Not as prolific as Jeff Bennett when it comes to working. (sighs) Finally, Bronx is our doggo. And I kid you not, he was voiced by the very famous voice actor, Frank Welker. Frank Welker is most famous for Fred from Scooby-Doo. What? Throughout Scooby-Doo's entire history. He is the only person to ever voice Fred in... All of these Scooby-Doo cartoons since the, I think, late 60s. And he voices Scooby-Doo as of 2002. Oh, my God. He's also been Megatron and Soundwave in the OG Transformers show. (laughs) Nibbler from Futurama. So he's just really good at making weird voices. Yeah. Like. Exactly. He was Stripe in Gremlins, Dr. Claw in Inspector Gadget. Oh, my God. And Baby Kermit in The Muppet Babies. I fucking love The Muppet Babies. Well, make your dreams come true. (sighs) And he plays the Bronx, which, like, what? He goes, like, Aww. Yeah, he does Aww. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at growling <laughs> convincingly as a weird animal. <laughs> okay, what I want to know is, like, okay. I know, obviously, they're all New York-related names. Yeah. But, like, how did they know, oh, that neighborhood we flew over was Brooklyn? Like, the streets make sense. Like, Lexington, mm. Lexington's a street, right? Mm-hmm. And Broadway's obviously a street. But how yeah. is he, like... Brooklyn. The Brooklyn, I feel like, suits him as a gargoyle. And Bronx, too. Yeah. Well, the doggy didn't really have a choice. They were just like, you're Bronx. But yeah. But how did they hear those words? Yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, they spent all night flying around. So maybe they saw, like... They read some signs or overheard. The, yeah, or, like, the subway signs for yeah, them, maybe. Or, maybe. That's a good question. We have so many that, you know, we'll have to have the creators on. That shouldn't be hard. <laughs> this took way more research on Wikipedia than it needed to. But I feel like it was worth it. I got excited. I'm really glad I didn't read your notes beforehand. So guess who shows up to ruin everyone's good time? We're all getting our names, having fun, laughing, and then goddamn Owen Bennett shows up. Boo. Boo, Owen. Boo, Owen Bennett. Boo. (laughs) He politely asks if Goliath will accompany him down to... Just a room. Just There's so many rooms in this castle. I would really like to see the blueprints because I feel like there are more rooms in the show, and we obviously haven't seen them all. Goliath meets up with Deluxe because Deluxe has a bit of a surprise. Yeah, what is it? From the shadows emerges Lady McGargoyle. She's alive, but how? And he instantly pops a massive erection. He's so excited. <laughs> it, and it doesn't just push aside the loincloth. Like, it fucking springs up so fast and so hard. It rips the fabric. It's like, Bruh! And then he comes all over. Oh my God, he paints the walls, Liz. Liz, should we take a break so that you can collect yourself? Yes! Alright, folks, we're going to be back in just a minute. Liz has got to go wipe the tears from her eyes. In modern-day Bristol, someone is copying one of the most infamous serial killers of all time, Jack the Ripper. Only this time, the story is different. A woman survives and decides to get her revenge by taking the law into her own hands. But in so doing, she awakens a darkness deep inside her. If you like suspense, thrillers, and serial killers, tune in to Jane the Ripper, an audio drama, coming to CalamityCast.com Halloween 2019. And folks, we are back. Liz is feeling a little better. You doing okay, Liz? Um, yes. Okay. That's good. (laughs) We're still in Castle Wyvern. Yes, and we get to see them reignite, and it's really fucking cute. Their wings wrap around each other when they hug. I know, it was really 
really cute. And he was like, Goliath looked like he was about to start crying. Oh my God. And the room is a mess. They, they look so in love. They also look like they're about to fuck. They're going to fuck in those wings. And David is just like, uh, guys, I am still here. Yeah. He, but also I want to watch this so bad. He totally wants to watch. There's a quick cut to his face, like a close up. Yes. And he's got one eyebrow raised like, what's about to happen? Let's find out. <laughs> yeah. He was into it. Yikes. Oh, God. From here, you know, Goliath is excited, and we get to hear an explanation as to how this is all possible. I want to play that because it's really interesting and very, very plausible. Yes. This man has brought us together, my love. We owe our reunion to David Sanatos. But how? You were shattered by the Vikings. No, I feared for your safety, so I left the castle to find you. But I lost my way and the sun rose before I could return. How did you survive all these centuries? When I returned to the castle, the Magus had already turned you to stone. I begged him to cast his spell on me, so that we might awaken together. I saw her a year ago and was so impressed, I acquired her for my private collection. Then after I woke you up, it seemed plausible that a trip to the castle might have the same effect on her. So it all makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. But... Because of the music that's going on and the looks that we're getting from Lady McGargoyle and Deluxe. I don't trust her. It makes it feel like a lie. Right. They worked up the story together. Yeah. It seems evil. It seems devious. But it makes sense, too. So I don't know. Well, even back in Scotland, she always had like that more... I mean, not to like play stereotypes, but she was very much that fiery redhead. Like she What? <laughs> she I mean and she has red hair and she's very much that stereotypical angry Scottish redhead. I am insulted and angry. <laughs> Daniel has a redhead if anyone didn't know that. Oh, boy. <laughs> How dare you, madam? And I'm a fake redhead, so I just get the fake feistiness. <laughs> a, she's like, I'm angry. I can't even <laughs> Liz, we're moving back outside where the Brogoyles are reunited with Lady McGargoyle. Everybody's having fun and they're having a good time. They're laughing. They're like, oh, my God, it's you. And hey, we have names now. Yeah. And I want to know, because she's looking a little shifty. What is the scheme here? Well, yeah, because she's like, hey, guys, by the way. Since David reunited us, yeah. we really should do this thing for him. And Glad does mean like she, she's right. Yeah, we should. I'm like, dude, stop thinking with your dick. Yeah, she has literally got her hand wrapped around, around it. Yeah, she's like, we're going. He's like, hey, hey, hey let's go. Uh, she's like, give it a couple tugs. With you on my side, I can do anything. Says Goliath. Ugh. Chill the fuck out, man. I do not like Goliath when he is with her. He's a much better man when he is with Dreamboat. Mangoyle? Mangoyle. I agree. I don't know. She manipulates him. He doesn't seem nearly as, like, independent ruler man. Yeah. He just is, like, whipped. Totally. I don't know. There's certain ways. Like, I'm all for the lady having power, but not her. <laughs> because it's so obvious that she's manipulative. Right. It's gross. So, as you mentioned, she, without any effort, convinces Goliath and the team that they need to get these floppy disks back, which I thought they were going to do anyway. They all go down to Deluxe's office, and a plan is formulated. Yes. Goliath and Lady McGargoyle will infiltrate the airship. I totally <laughs> forgot about the airship at this point. I was like, oh, there's an airship. That's so weird. The Brogoyles are going to hit the tower, and Hudson and Bronx go to the underground base. Yes. They head up, and we get a slow push into a very evil-looking, <laughs> sinister David Xanatos. Like, we get a slow push, and he's like, ah, ha, ha, doing the Mr. Burns fingers sitting at his giant desk. My machinations are in play. Yeah. And we still have no idea what they are, which is good. Like, leave the mystery a mystery. As an adult, I'm like, what is he going to do? But also, what the hell is Lady Gargoyle getting out of this? Like, yeah. why is she so quick to be like, hey, hey, yes, let's be evil. But like, what the fuck is she getting out of this? Well, I've got a theory that I'm going to go to later on here. Cool. The bros head out, and here again, I'm just so sorry for Lexington. Oh, his little wings. I know. Everyone else gets to just kind of hang their arms down or just relax their muscles while they glide. And he's fucking flying, scrolling around like, this is fine. Hope I don't catch a, an updraft and just go flying back. Whatever. Yeah, this had me questioning yet again the wings. Yeah. Especially because Goliath and Lady Gargoyle jump off and then 
fly straight up to the sky, up to the ship. Like they have control over the gusts of wind. Right. Yeah. So then we get up to the airship. Yeah. Liz, did you see Goliath flap his wings to propel himself forward? I'm so confused. Like, I guess it would make sense to, like, get a little bit of control with the flappy flap. Like, where is the line between gliding and flying in this world? I mean, that's a flying move. He flapped downward and he was propelled forward as they moved into the gust of the engines or whatever. I don't know how an airship works. Oh, yeah. Also, he literally hovered. And I guess maybe... Maybe if the engines are, like, blowing air out, like, he could catch that. Mm. Maybe. But it feels like he's got more control than he should have. Yes, I agree. I don't know. I I agree. So they make it inside, and they immediately get attacked, almost as if someone was waiting for them. Mm -hmm. And Lady McGargoyle says something that I found very questionable. She says something along the lines of, you're not dumb enough to fire that gun inside of this airship. You'll damage it. How does she know what guns is? How does she know how airships work? Right. And the guard says, don't tell me how stupid I am, and starts firing his weapon. Yeah, I don't trust her one fucking bit. Yeah. I don't mean to keep harping on the inconsistency of a cartoon from 25 years ago, but (laughs) some things they do really well, and then some of this really obvious shit, like do they or do they not fly, they keep fucking up. Yeah. So they're fighting. They easily dispatch the guards. So Lady McGargoyle has the unconscious soldier who isn't going to be a problem anymore. And she holds it over the opening of the aircraft. And Goliath is like, what the fuck are you doing, lady? And she's like, "Uh, it's a human. He needs to go. And he convinces her to not, but she's real pissed and definitely thinks his manhood has shrunk. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be hard to lead him around by that dick with it being so small. Right. Can't even get a good grip on it. Nope. Just think of, like, what would have happened if she had done that, though. What if that man landed on a child or something? Like, that could have been gruesome. Oh, boy. Yeah. So we're nearing the end of our episode. We cut. We don't even get to see what they're up to. We move away to the tower. The Brogoyles approach the tower, and it's a good thing they know exactly what they're looking for and what it looks like, because they go right into the building. They're like, oh, it's probably here. <laughs> they get into the like very top level of this tower, and then they're like, oh, it's four floors down. That's what Deluxe said. So we'll just go down, we'll grab it, and we'll be in and out. Easy peasy. Right. Sure. It's never that easy. No. They climb down an elevator shaft, open up the door, and then again, Liz, as if it were planned... They are ambushed by a ton of guards. Fuck ton. I mean, more than the frame could fit. There were just like random feet and guns pointing. Like so many guards for these three guys that it feels like somebody warned these guards and said, hey, there are three gargoyles coming your way. Right. So prepare for that many, even though they are the dumbest of the bunch. Assuming there's probably some sort of security in this building, right? So, like, maybe there's cameras that they saw them enter. Oh, like exterior cameras? Sure. But then you'd still figure that they would have to be on the lookout for them. Yeah, and how would they know which floor they were going to? Because it wasn't like they are actually using the real elevator. Exactly, yeah. That's, yeah, it's shifty. Liz, that's the end of our episode. Everybody's in trouble. Yeah. Well, Well, we don't know what Hudson and Bronx is doing. Maybe Hudson and Bronx will be okay. Let's hope. I kind of feel like... If it plays out like these previous two... They're going to have people waiting for them. Yeah. They're in for some violent shenanigans. Oh, God. Well, should we take a quick break and then we can talk about the episode? Yeah, let's finish it up. In the year 2100... The Earth's cybernetically enhanced population threatened to tear down everything America held dear. Free speech, drive through liquor stores, and guns. So many guns. After much deliberation, it was decided that, if America and its superior values were to survive the coming robocalypse, there was only one option. Get the fuck out. The next hundred years saw the construction of Space America, the galaxy's newest and brightest star. If you value adventure, good times, and cyborg fistfights, find your place in Space America. Space America. No cyborgs need apply. Subscribe to Space America on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or check out CalamityCast.com. Liz, we're back. What do you think of this app? 
You know, I don't think I liked this one as much as I liked episode three. Yeah. And I don't know why. A lot happened, which is good. Yeah. But they had so much focus on Dreamboat and the Central Park stuff that this part at the end felt really rushed. And I know it's setting up episode five. But I don't find it believable that Goliath and the other gargoyles just immediately were like, yeah, we should do this thing just because Lady Gargoyle said they should. Yeah, that was weird. But I feel like last episode, Goliath was basically going to do it anyway because David was like betrayal. Right. Exactly. He played on those uh, weaknesses of Goliath. Well, I wonder if this felt rushed because of what I mentioned earlier in that at some point it was released all as one. And I think it would work better that way. Yeah, so I wonder if that was just a bad place to cut it because they, they end the episode before we see Hudson and Bronx do their thing so it's weird to show two encounters and not the third and then have the edit. And it makes sense that they cut it like right before any battles or anything were about to happen. Like, oh, they're all in danger. Yeah. Stay tuned for next time. But yeah, I think Hudson and Bronx should have been part of it. Yeah, or they should have done all three attacks on the tower and airship and underground lair at once. Yeah. But probably they just didn't have a good place to end episode four to do that. So they needed to make it the 22 minutes and yeah. that's just where the edit fell. Do you think episode five will start with Hudson and Bronx? Or do you think it will start with one of the two we've already seen and the guards waiting for them. I'm going to predict Hudson and Bronx. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. Just to kind of see what everyone else is up to before we get into the battles. Yeah. I'm going to say because of the action-packed sequences in Central Park that I like this one more than episode three. I think that would do it for me, too, just because Dreamboat was so badass. Yeah. And I liked that, but I think the second half of it kind of took away some points for me. What do you think Dreamboat's going to think about Lady McGargoyle? There's going to be some drama. Oh, man. (sighs) That's my man, jackass. Yeah. It's so easy, storytelling-wise, to have, like, two women characters, like, be pit against each other. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. And that's what's going to happen. Oh, 100% that's what's going to happen. And Goliath is going to be like, There's enough Goliath for both of you ladies. What's up? Oh, God. He's too chivalrous for something like that. Yeah, he wouldn't do that. What do you think Deluxe's fucking endgame is here? I can't remember. And and I... I would assume he wants to continue having the gargoyles, quote-unquote, on his payroll. Like, I mean, I'm convinced this is all set up. I'm convinced that he... Is, is working with the other tech people? I, I bet they're all him. Oh. I think it's all... Yeah, because you've been saying that from farce. the get-go with, uh, with the RoboCops. Yeah. That you think they're his anyway. I think the Helmet Squad is his, too. Yeah, I think it's all, all him. I don't know why he would be doing all this, but... Other than to study them, maybe he's watching how they fight and everything, you know? He's learning their moves. I had a question for you. Okay. Um, do you like watching, the, like, on next episode? No. I don't either. I've been avoiding them intentionally. I don't want to see what happens next. Yeah, because I think it will then affect my thoughts of, like... Yes, exactly. Yeah, I have, I've been trying to cut it off, too, because they show a lot in those things. Yeah. If you had to guess, how long do you think Lady McGargoyle's actually been awake? I think that Deluxe heard about the castle and the other gargoyles from her. No, I, I don't think she woke up just with the castle. I don't know how he got her to wake up. Was she ever cursed? She claims that she was. But I don't know if I believe that. Right? I mean, he found her first. He said that. He found her first. Yeah, and I believe that. Like, that's what led me to kind of formulate this hypothesis. Yeah, I think he found out a way to awaken her well before the other gargoyles. Yeah. Do you think because, that... Because otherwise, if it was at the same time, she'd be like, oh, wait, my gang's here? Let me go see them. Like, they wouldn't have already bonded in this evil way. Yeah, which they have clearly bonded. Oink. I think that they fucked. I think <laughs> Deluxe and Lady McGargoyle have totally fucked. Ugh. I bet he's got nasty scars down his back. From her claws. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Oh, man. Do you think they've... I, I mean... Yes, yeah, I mean... <laughs> She's way too into him. Yeah. She's got a loyalty that doesn't make sense right now. No, it makes zero sense. And they keep really focusing on her glowing red eyes in this episode. Like, they kept panning in on her eyes, glowing red, and... Mm. <laughs> wow. Yikes, Liz. Yikes. <laughs> Liz, we're finished. We did it. Yes. Another one's in the bag. Let's, uh... 
Let's say our goodbyes to our loving and adoring fans and uh, our palgoyles. Yeah, our palgoyles, and maybe go watch some gargoyles. I, don't know. <laughs> I will say that I'm excited that next week is our last of the first five, and yeah. I'm excited to see what happens after the initial awakening sequence. Me too, especially because you know every episode's got the little screenshot, and whatever happens in episode six, I'm like, what? Who are these people? Yeah! Psyched. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been another exciting episode of Defenders of the Night. Hell yeah. As always, we'd like to thank Ian McGowan for composing our interstitial music. Check him out on Instagram and Twitter at easy underscore breezy underscore Mac. Boo! Daniel's favorite hashtag. Boo, Ian McGowan! <laughs> handle. And that is E-A-Z-Y underscore B-R-E-E-Z-Y underscore M-A-C. And check out his band at gooddeedsmusic.bandcamp.com. If you wanted to talk gargoyles or the dangers of losing 48 hours of sleep, which is a lot, use the hashtag gargoyles on Twitter where we're at CalamityCast. I am at underscore DS Williams. And Liz is at Circinator. On Instagram, we're at CalamityCast Network. I am still at underscore DS Williams. And Liz is L Circle. Find us on Facebook at CalamityCast. Email us at CalamityCastNetwork at gmail.com. And check out CalamityCast.com for more of our shows. If you like what we've got going on here, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Please. It's the only way we're going to dominate the Gargoyle Podcast market. If you'd like to support CalamityCast on a monthly basis, head over to Patreon.com slash CalamityCast and become a patron. Hey. For one-time donations, you can use PayPal.me slash CalamityCast. Don't forget to check out our merch store. Heck yeah. Head to CalamityCast.com, click on the shop link at the top, and buy a t-shirt or a shower curtain or underwear. A skateboard. Yeah, all kinds of things. We will return next week with Season 1, Episode 5 of Gargoyles, and an episode of Defenders of the Night that thinks someone should have been named Queens. Later, skaters. Bye. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.